also representing one of our outreach uh, partners, Creative Interfaces, but he's not going to share about that this morning. He's going to read for me uh, while we look at Matthew chapter 2, if you want to turn there. Um, so uh, <clears throat> Phil thinks it's cold here in the winter now that he lives in Mexico. The guy's from Ohio. Uh, I think he turned in a prayer request asking that Ohio State would do better next year in college football. Um, Matthew chapter 2. What's that? <laughs> I didn't even know that. That's how much I know about college football. I'm from Michigan. Um, let's pray together. Actually, before we pray, I uh, want to look at this first slide. Next slide. Yeah, the next one. There we go. Betty Smith says, look at everything always as though you were seeing it, either for the first or last time. Thus is your time on earth filled with glory. Uh, these uh, Last week and the next couple of weeks, we're looking at a very familiar story, the story of Jesus' birth uh, and what transpired shortly after that. The, the thing with looking at these stories uh, is we can just, well, I know this story. I've heard this story before know all about this story. Uh, so I, I think this is the invitation for us uh, this morning. Look at everything always as though you were seeing it either for the first or last time. Thus is your time on earth filled with glory. Let's, uh, let's pray together that when we look at this familiar story, it'll be as though we are looking at it for the first time. God, thank you for the opportunity to be here. Thank you that we get to hear from our dear outreach partners, that we get to celebrate the work they're doing and our partnership with them. God, as we open the text this morning and look at this familiar story of the wise men coming to see Jesus, I pray that you would give us new eyes and new ears and hearts open to all you have for us this morning. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, Matthew 2, starting with verse 1. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Okay. So, in this opening text, after Jesus was born, uh, last week we looked at the story of Jesus' birth. He was named Jesus, the one who would save his people from their sins, that Jesus came into this world, uh, a whole new thing is beginning with God with us, Emmanuel, God in our midst, God come among us to bring a whole new creation bursting forth right in the midst of this one to rescue us from our brokenness and heartache and despair and to bring hope and healing to the whole world. And so uh, these wise men, magi, enter the scene. Now, Magi, uh, sorry if you like the song, We Three Kings. Uh, Magi has nothing to do with kings. Uh, these were not kings. Uh, they were wise men. They were seers. They were maybe magicians. One translation is even sorcerers. Uh, they were uh, probably spiritual advisors of some sort in wherever they came from, whether the Orient, uh, whether Middle East somewhere. Uh, some believe Babylon, that uh, there's a remnant of Jews still in Babylon at this time from 
the exile to Babylon, and uh, from the time of Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that the stories, the Hebrew stories, have been passed down, and that these wise men have learned some of these stories, and they, they have come to see the sign in the sky, and they have come to discover who has been born, this king of the Jews. Now, I don't know how wise these wise men were, but uh, Herod is a puppet king for Rome. Uh, Rome is ruling the known world, and uh, Herod has been set up as Rome's puppet king. He is the quote-unquote king of the Jews ruling over them, but he rules as a tyrant. Uh, He rules with fear, and uh, along come these wise men and, and say, where is the one who was born king of the Jews? Not a usurper, not a puppet king, but we believe one has been born king of the Jews. Now, if you are wise, I don't know why you go to the puppet king to ask where the one born king of the Jews is. Uh, The conflict of kingdoms is happening right before our eyes as these magi come to King Herod and ask this question, where is this one who was born king of the Jews. Matthew is setting up for us in this scene the conflict of kingdoms, the clash of kingdoms, that the puppet king is going to be very afraid of the fact that there is one who has been born king of the Jews. And we're going to look more at Herod's story next year and how he responds to this one who has been born. When King Herod heard that he was, uh, when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the uh, people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. You, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Okay, so Herod calls together the religious leaders of Israel and says, uh, do you know anything about this? Where where is this one who was king of the Jews to be born? And they quote from uh, the prophet Micah. In Micah chapter 5, it's prophesied, but you, Bethlehem, Ephrathath, though you are small among the clans of Judah, Out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. Therefore, Israel will be abandoned until the time when she who is in labor bears a son, and the rest of his brothers return to join the Israelites. He will stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, and they will live securely for then his greatness will reach to the ends of the earth, and he will be our peace. And so this, this ancient prophecy had been told that the Messiah would be born and he would bring peace. Uh, another prophecy out of Isaiah says, uh, uh, calls the one who would be born the prince of peace, that in, in a world of strife and despair, one will be born who will bring peace and hope uh, amongst us. And so the chief priests seem more than happy to comply with Herod's request to to share where this Messiah was to be born. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem 
and said, go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. Like kings do when another king is born. Uh, go ahead. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Okay. A um, few things I want to talk about here. Uh, first is the wise men and what they're experiencing. I, I wonder what it would be like for us to imagine we are present there with them in the first century. Uh, they see the star again, and the text tells us they were overwhelmed with joy. Uh, they, they have come to worship this new king. Herod pretends to want to worship him, and then the wise men do worship him, and with delight and joy. Uh, they, they feel this emotion. They are overwhelmed with joy. Uh, we live in a modern Western world where so often uh, we need things to be fact-based. We need scientific evidence to back them up. We need proof. And, and here are wise men that trust a sign in the sky, that they see a star. They, these wise men had to believe in a wisdom beyond their own, that something was happening that was amazing, and it brought them great joy. Uh, we're invited, I believe, to experience wonder, to, to experience mystery, to, to experience that God doesn't always just line up with our logical, rational ways of thinking, that, that there is a wonder and mystery to the world that we need to trust and that we need to embrace and that we are invited to partake in. These wise men trusted in a wisdom beyond their own wisdom. They trusted in a mystery. They, they trusted their intuition. They, they trusted in wonder. They, they experienced the wonder of the heavens that brought them to the wonder of the Christ child. Uh, Rachel, if we can skip to that Rachel Carson quote, she says, uh, the more clearly we can focus our attention on the wonders and realities of the universe about us, the less taste we shall have for destruction. Let's keep that up for a couple of minutes. Uh, Herod has a taste for destruction. The wise men have a taste for wonder. Uh, they discovered a star, and they followed it, and they found the wonder of the Christ child. And they, and they bring him gifts of gold, which would be a very traditional gift to give a king. They bring him frankincense, which would be a traditional priestly gift. Uh, they bring him myrrh, which some people believe uh, is foreshadowing Jesus' death. 
that uh, myrrh was used in burial. Uh, and in some ways, we have represented here this Jesus, who is our king, our priest, and our prophet, who, who died a brutal death at the hand, hands of the Romans. Uh, the wise men experience the wonder of the heavens, and it brings them to the wonder of the Christ child. When we imagine for a moment we are there, I wonder what it was like for the wise men to finally arrive after having traveled for maybe one, two years. We don't know how long they traveled to find Jesus, but it was a long time. I wonder what it was like. I wonder what Mary thought when these wise men showed up and brought these gifts. I wonder what Joseph thought. I wonder how it changed Mary, that experience. I wonder how it changed the wise men. I wonder if we can look at this with new eyes today. I wonder how it will change you to hear this story anew. I wonder how it'll change me. I wonder when we leave this room today, what shifts for us as we reflect once again on the gift and wonder and mystery of the incarnation, that God has come among us in human form, and he has come to bring hope. He has come to bring salvation. He's come to bring peace. He's come to teach us the way of forgiveness and the way of love and the best possible way of being human, the best possible way to live. I, I wonder how this story, this age-old story, will change us yet again today. Um, before we come and partake of the bread and the cup, I, uh, I want us to experience one person's uh, idea of maybe what the, the wise men were feeling and experiencing. Uh, this was written by Friedrich Buechner from the wise men's perspective. He says, the sun is moving into the house of Venus, so affairs of the heart will prosper. We said this to Herod, or something along those lines, and of course it meant next to nothing. To have told him anything of real value, we would have had to spend weeks of study, months, calculating the conjunction of the planets at the precise moment of his birth and at the births of his parents and their parents back to the fourth generation. But Herod knows nothing of this. And he jumped at the nonsense we threw him like a hungry dog and thanked us for it. A lost man, you see, even though he was a king. Neither really a Jew nor really a Roman. He was at home nowhere, and he believed in nothing, neither Zeus nor the Holy One of Israel. So he was ready to jump at anything, and he swallowed our little jingle hole. But it could hardly have been more obvious that jingles were the least of what he wanted from us. Go and find me the child, the king told us. And as he spoke, his fingers trembled so that the emeralds rattled together like teeth. Because I want to come worship him, he said. And when he said that, his hands were still as death. Death. I ask you, does a man need the stars to tell him that no king has ever yet bowed down to another king? He took us for children, 
that sly lost old fox. And so it was like children that we answered him. Yes, of course, we said and went on our way. His hands fluttered to his throat like moths. Why did we travel so far to be there when it happened? Why was it not enough just to know the secrets without having to be there ourselves to behold it? To this, not even the stars had an answer. The stars said simply that he would be born. It was another voice altogether that said to, a voice as deep within ourselves as the stars are deep within the sky. But why did we go? I could not tell you now, and I could not have told you then, not even as we were in the very process of going. Not that we had no motive, but that we had so many. Curiously, a curiosity, I suppose. To be wise is to be eternally curious. And we were very wise. We wanted to see ourselves this one before whom the stars are said to bow down. To see perhaps if it were really true, because even the wise have their doubts. And, and longing, longing. Why will a man who is dying of thirst crawl miles across sands as hot as fire at simply the possibility of water? But if we longed to receive, we longed also to give. Why will a man labor and struggle all the days of his life so that in the end he has something to give the one he loves? So finally we got to the place where the star pointed us. And it was at night, very cold. We saw the man and the woman, between them, the king. We did not stay long, only a few minutes as the clock goes, 10,000, thousand years. We knelt and set our foolish gifts down and left. I will tell you two terrible things. What we saw on the face of the newborn child was his death. A fool could have seen it as well. It sat on his head like a crown or a bat, this death, that he would die. And we saw, as sure as the earth beneath our feet, that to stay with him would be to share that death. And that is why we left, giving only our gifts, withholding the rest. And now, brothers and sisters, I will ask you a terrible question. And God knows that I ask it also of myself. Is the truth beyond all truths? Is the truth beyond the stars just this? That to live without him is the real death. That to die with him is the only life. This morning, uh, the invitation, I believe, as we come and partake of the bread and the cup is to simply ask, is to live without him is the real death, that to die with him is the only life. Uh, what does it look like for us to be invited into this way of the cross, to, to lay down our lives for the one who laid down his life for us, to, to freely give to, to live a life of self-giving, sacrificial love in the ordinary moments of the day. Uh, I believe that when we say yes to Jesus, 
when, when we say yes to giving of ourselves, when we say yes to the, the way of life Jesus invited us to sacrifice, that it does open our eyes to a whole new world. That, that quote we began with, the, the idea of looking at everything as if we're looking at it for the first time or the last. That, that we're invited into a life of wonder because the incarnation is a wonder. We're invited into a life of mystery because the incarnation is a mystery. We're invited into a world of wonder because the cross is a wonder. The cross is a mystery. And we're invited into a world of wonder and mystery because the resurrection is a wonder and a mystery. And we get to enter into this way of being in the world that Jesus invited us into. Jesus came into the world 2,000 years ago, and we're invited to experience that wonder each moment of each day. This morning, as you come and take the bread and dip it in the cup, I want to invite you to ask God to uh, give you a new imagination, a new wonder uh, in the way you look at the world, and to say yes once again to Jesus and the way he invites us to be. God, thank you. Thank you for the wonder of the incarnation and the cross and the resurrection. God, we, uh, we're so grateful for the gift of Jesus. And God, deep in our bones, we know that to live without you is death and to die with you is life. May we once again today say yes to your invitation to live with you, to die with you, to experience you anew. Give us a holy imagination from your spirit. And this morning, as we once again do something we do every week, as we partake of the bread and the cup, God, may it be as if we are doing it for the first time or the last time. Fill us anew with the wonder of your presence. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.